about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Praise God. Take your Bibles this morning. Go to Genesis chapter 17. I'm going to give you what has a real key to your individual life. It's been a key to my life. It has helped change me and uh, renew my mind. And, and I think it's one of the most important things basically in the Bible that people overlook or people don't know about. So... As I give it to you this morning, you eat what you can, whatever you can't. You may want to get a tape and re-eat or listen to it online and eat again so that you get a revelation of what God's trying to bring to you this morning. Praise God. All right, Genesis chapter 17, are you there? Look at verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thou name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made you. Notice here God comes to Abraham and basically calls Abraham to something to do. He gives him his call and his purpose for being on earth. First of all, he says, As for me, say, As for me. As for me. How many know the call that you have on your life as for God is already solid? I mean, God knows what the call is. He knows what he wants you to do. He's trying to reveal it what it is. It's up to you to fulfill because as far as he's concerned, he's given you everything you need to fulfill the purpose that's in your life. And notice the first thing that God does when somebody accepts their call or gets into the kingdom of God, New Testament wise, is basically he changes their identity. In other words, he was Abram before and at 99 all at once he became Abraham. Because Abraham means a father of many nations. So the first thing he did was change his identity. Now you've got to remember, Abram, or Abraham was Abram for 99 years. When he walks in some place, how many of you know that basically they said, Hi, Abram, how you doing? When he ran into other people, Abram, how you doing? But now all at once he was no longer Abram. In one period of time, really quickly, he became Abraham. So he had to start correcting everybody, even himself. How many of you know that? Probably when he signed his checks to put in the offering. He signed them as Abram. But then he had to sign them as Abraham. Why? Because his identity had to be changed in order for him to do what God wanted to be done in his life. Go up to verse 15, same chapter. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give her a son also. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Now, here he comes to Sarah. How many know Sarah was part of Abraham's plan and God's plan? So what did he do once again? When he came to Sarah and said that you're going to be, finally have a baby after all these years, the first thing he changed was her identity. He changed her from being Sarai to being the mother of many nations, being Sarah. So once again, he changed their identity. Say their identity. All right, go up to Genesis 35. 
Here's a guy by the name of Jacob. He ran into God. Chapter 35, look at verse 10. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Notice here's another one. He runs into Jacob. He's got a plan and a purpose for Jacob. He's got something Jacob wants to do. And as soon as they agree on it and say yes, basically what does he do? He changes his identity. Say his identity. All right, go to Galatians chapter 3. If you understand what God wants to do in your life and other people's life, you'll understand what the devil wants to do in your life and other people's life. Because the devil wants to do the opposite of what God wants done. That's what he does, basically. So will you find something that God wants to do in your life? There's going to be resistance there. Why? Because the devil don't want that done in your life. Because he knows if you do it, you're going to fulfill the purpose that he put you here to do and live a fulfilled, happy, joyous life, praise God. And how many know he know you don't want you to do that? All right, Galatians chapter 3. Look at verse 26. This is talking about people born again. For you are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. How many of you know you got born again by faith? Yeah. You didn't do enough good works and God said, wow, you finally made this, you finally made it. No, it was by faith. Say by faith. by faith. Verse 27. For as many of you as are been baptized into Christ have put on what? Christ. Have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Say, all one, all one. in Christ Jesus. All right, now here's, here's basically God is speaking through Paul here, and what he's saying is basically when you come into the kingdom of God, you no longer have the old identities that you used to have before you got born again. In other words, you've got to get rid of those identities, because whatever you identify with, you will be. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Another translation says, whoever you think you are, you will be. So you're coming to this world and you get all these different things thrown at you. And at the fall of man, how many know that Adam lost his identity? He lost the kingdom. He lost the Holy Ghost. He lost all these things, basically. So he spends most of his life trying to get his identity back. And since you were born of Adam, you were born basically without a real godly identity. Are you following me? So what did you do? You started taking on the identity of what happened to you each and every day, where you grew up, what you did, what happened here, what happened there, basically formed you and shaped you into an identity. Now, when you got born again, he says, you got to lose those identities. You got to get rid of those identities and take on the identity of one, the Lord Jesus Christ or God himself. And with that identity, you will be able to complete what he wants to do. Remember, Jesus was there one time. He looked at the disciples and says, who do men say that I am? Now, do you think he asked that because he didn't know? No, he knew. I mean, why do you ask a dumb question if you know the answer? Well, what was he doing? He was searching them out to see what they thought about the situation. So he says, who do men say that I am? And you've got to ask your, yourself, if you've got to ask the question of who do men say that I am, you don't know who you am. We could stay right there for 20 minutes. See? Why? Because you're letting other people shape who you are by their opinions. And since you want to please people, you try to form yourself into being that person to make them happy. But it's not going to make you happy because that's not who you are to begin with. And you don't know who you are. You're trying to... Come on now. So the devil comes along. He'll give you all kinds of opinions. He'll give you plenty of opportunity to do it. 
But notice, Jesus knew who he was. He was checking them out, letting them know that this is something that they need to do, basically a need to understand in the kingdom of God is what their identity is. When you find out your true identity, nobody else's opinion will matter anymore. And what's that do? That, that takes offense out of your life. Someone come up and say, you're stupid. Thank you very much for the information, but I know who I am, and I'm certainly not stupid. Or you can go, I'm stupid. They told me I'm stupid, and that's just who I am. I'm stupid. Mom called me stupid. Dad called me stupid. Everybody agrees I'm stupid. I must be stupid. But you've got to go find here, and God never says, thus says the Lord, thou art now stupid. So, so where, where do I want to get my identity? I want to get it from God. I want to get it from the Word of God. I want to do that. Now, here's where I believe is the most powerful thing I've ever ran into, self-deliverance. Yeah. There's self-deliverance in your life. I've never fallen down, spewed up anything, did anything. But, man, I've been delivered so many times, it's unbelievable in my life. Simply by finding what the Word of God told me, by believing what the Word of God tells me, and then becoming what the Word of God tells me and believing that, it changed my life. The Bible says, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Well, how many know we're all full of a bunch of lies? Because basically everybody lied to us. Everything around lied to us. And now, now in this day and age, the devil's biggest attack is on people's identity. Here, here he says, it don't matter if you're Jew or Greek. It don't matter if you're bond or free. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. What really matters is your true identity that I've given you. But you've got people all over the world. I'm Jewish. I'm Italian. Uh, I'm Greek. So what do they do? They act like a Greek. They act like an Italian. They think it's their right identity. It's not their right identity because Jesus changed their identity when they got born again. And all the things they want to claim, that's just the way we are. No, it's not anymore if you're born again. You have been changed. And what does that do? It causes fights. I'm Jewish. I'm Italian. Yeah, well, I'm Greek. It goes around the circle, and it causes division, and it calls fights. Why does it do that? Because it's demonic. And if you stay in that demonic thinking, you're going to have problems, praise God, in your own life. Look what's going on right now. How are people identified? Black, white, mixed. I'm black. I'm white. I'm mixed. I'm kingdom. I don't care if you're black, white, mixed, triple black, double black, dark black, low black, whiter than white, whiter than dark. What makes a difference, praise God? It's not your identity. Do you understand? And if you get hooked into that stuff, then all at once the black people, can you see what he's doing? The black hate the whites. The white hates the whites. The mixed hate everybody. And here we go again. Around and around it goes, don't it? Because what happened? Division is coming in. Why? Because of lack of identity. Remember, Father God came to Jesus and said, you're the son of God. And the devil immediately came and said, if you be the son of God. What was he doing? He was going after his identity. He didn't want Jesus to know he was the son of God. He didn't want him to believe he was the son of God because he knew a lot of things were going to get done that he didn't want to get done. So we've got to move into a place where we move into our heavenly identification and all this little stuff in our lives will start to, these racial things and all this aren't going to bother us and not be with us anymore because they don't really matter anyway. It's a ploy of the world and the devil in order to do that. Look, you've got to a point now where you've got some men, and I'm not, I'm not judging anybody, some men believe they're women. And since they believe they're women, they actually act like. Why is that? Because that's their identification. That's who they're in agreement with. That's who they believe with. So that's who they believe they are. And you've got some women who believe they're men. So what do they do? They act like men. They walk around like men. They get their hair cut like men. They do things. And it's all about identification. Do you see what I mean? You've got men who take on another man and call him his wife. 
You see, what is it? Identification again. That's who they identify with. That's who they believe they are. So they act like, are you following me? That's who they act like in their lives, basically, because that's what they do. It's got all to do with identification. Everybody was born to belong somewhere. Everybody needs to belong to something. They need to belong to a group or a club or something. Well, God's trying to bring us all into one with Jesus Christ nature, with Jesus Christ identity, so the church can get out of all this gook and guck that we're tripping around in and fighting over and doing everything so that he can set us free into a place we can do exactly what he did without getting offended again, without getting down and out again. Why? Because we sing the song, I know who I am, but I don't believe a lot of us totally know who we are. It's easy to sing it. I know who I'm walking in And then somebody says, I don't like the way you dance. Then we're going to cry for three days. Do you see? Well, apparently you don't know who you are. See, if you know who you are, sickness won't scare you anymore. Devils won't scare you anymore. You won't worry anymore. You won't be fearful anymore. You won't be any of these things anymore because you know who you are and you know you've got victory. That's why gangs are so big. You've got a young boy who probably didn't have a dad and he had a mom and grew up with a mom and don't know where to go, don't know his identity. Almost he runs into some guys who like him and, and make him part of their club and he, jo- why do they jo- he joins their gang. He feels like he belongs. He feels like he's got a purpose. He's now got an identity. I'm with the thous- Southwest Dragons. I'm with the Northwest. Are you following me? All it is is because they have no identity of who they are so they're going to attach themselves and Antiva is just an identity problem. Black Lives Matter is an identity problem. People searching, looking for, where should I go? Where do I belong? We'll come over here and act like a fool. Okay, I'll do it. And they join in and they feel like they're doing something. Why? Because they're identifying with those things. See, it's all over society. You can get into anything like that and get yourself and single yourself off. But how many know it always causes strife and division, no matter where it is? It's always there, praise God. There's religious denominations. See? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with religious denominations, but who are you? I'm Catholic. Who are you? I'm Lutheran. Who are you? I'm Methodist. Who are you? I'm this. Who are you? I'm that. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a greater identity that you can get to. That's only part of your identity as being Catholic. And what's it do? It causes fights again. We're right. You're wrong. We're right. You're wrong. No, we're right. You're wrong. We don't like them. We don't like them. We don't, you know, and it goes on and on like that. What is it? It's divisions once again in the kingdom of God. And basically they're not rejecting the kingdom. They're just reducing the kingdom. Yeah down to our little thing. See, TCVC is not the kingdom. It's a small part of the kingdom. See, the kingdom of God is big, man. It, it takes everything good out of Catholicism, everything good out of being Methodist, everything good out of everything, and puts it into one identity, which is the identity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise yes. God. And I mean, we've got it in politics. I'm Republican. I'm Democrat. I hate you. I hate you too. Praise God. Let's just go forward there. See, I'm independent. Why? Everybody hates me because I won't take one side or won't take the other side. So what's going on again? Here we go with identities. I'm Democrat. I'm, I'm Hindu. I'm Muslim. I'm Christian. All these different things out here, and it's because we do not know our true identity, which is the greatest identity you will ever get a hold of in your entire life. And, and then sometimes it, it's attached to your job. Who are you? I'm a plumber. I'm a postal worker. I'm a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I do pastor's work, but that's not my identity. Are you following me? You're not just an electrician. You've got an identity higher than an electrician. An electrician is what you do, not who you are. Yet we attach our identities to that also. So we, we stop. We stop where we go. What are you? I'm a postal worker who loves Jesus. That's why I was for years. How many know that was good, but it wasn't good enough? 
until I came in. I'm not a post. I'm a postal worker, but I work there. That's not who I am, for God's sakes. I'm the king's kid. I'm a son of the living God. I'm part of the kingdom of God. I belong in the kingdom of God. There's power on the inside of me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm a, and that was my identity that I latched on to. And every time I got a revelation of who I was, I lost something who I thought I yeah. was. Mm-hmm. He all once I found out I'm righteous. But how am I going to pray for us sinners? Now in the hour of our death, amen. I'm righteous. No, we pray for our sinners. Now at the hour of our death, amen. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. No, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And what happened? As soon as I said, well, I guess you're right, God. You finally got one right. So I agree with you. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. That left, and all at once I took another step up. Woo! It's a lot better being righteous than guilty. Sinner. Can't do nothing. So every time I learned something new, I learned that I was healed. I learned that I was blessed. I learned that I was prosperous. And this was before I was in the natural realm, but I had to believe something. Well, I just believe I'm poor and we're all going to be poor. Have fun. See, have fun. Well, the flu comes around every year. We get sick every year. You definitely will. I'll tell you right now. Let me get your stuff ready for you, whatever you need, aspirin or whatever, because you're going to need it before it's over with. See, what is that? It's, you're identifying with something, aren't you? I identified with being sickly before I got born again. I identified being an alcoholic because I was drinking. I was an alcoholic. That's who I am. But when I got born again and started checking out my identity, I never saw when God said, thou shall be an alcoholic, thou should be. Praise God. All right, just look at Colossians chapter 3. All right, Colossians chapter 3, look at verse 10. And have put on the new man. Well, who is the new man? Well, he's renewed in knowledge after the image of him that did what? So that must be God, right? So how am I renewed? I'm renewed in the image of God himself where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in how many? Oh, so this is telling me once again, what's he doing? He's trying to separate you from those identities in your life that don't belong in your life. Your identity now is you are a kingdom person, basically. But still on the outside, society is trying to convince you who you really are, who they think you really are. I mean, Hollywood trying to convince you who you can be and what's right and what's wrong. There's idols in sports. I mean, oh, they put them out there, a good basketball player, all the young kids buy the tennis shoes, get the shirt, have the number on it, they just follow them, they're their idol, because that's who they want to be like, but they can be like them and it's not going to help them. See? So our idol basically is Jesus Christ and God and his nature and what he's had. So society is constantly coming to you. What's he, what are they coming to you? Coming to you to try to change, keep your identity pressed down, to make you a sick Italian who's a sinner. They want that to be your identity. That's what they want you to hold on to. That's what they want you to do, praise God. But only the Word of God will bring you out of that. And every time you learn something new, you get delivered from something. See, if you check the Bible, it's really hard to understand sometimes because Jesus never dealt with born-again people. He dealt with sinners. See, he, he never got anybody born again. He never did any of these things, so he was dealing with them. So everything's a little bit different when you read it, and you've got to take that in. I don't think... My opinion. Say my opinion. my opinion. I don't think God ever thought 
that we would have to deliver Christians. I think that he thought that we would simply get in the word and follow his word and change their identity and not need deliverance. It's those people outside the, the church. Are you following me? That wouldn't do it. And that's why he said the worst thing you can do is deliver someone. And if they stay empty of their identity, they will end up with seven more. Come on now. End up with seven more devils. Why? Because if they got one identity and you got rid of that, they'll grab seven other ones out there if they're not getting a hold of the right identity, and they'll be a total disaster for it's over with because they don't know what to believe and can't pattern themselves by it. Are you following me? So I found self-deliverance was good for me. I just read the word, and here's the key. I believe what it says. Deep, ain't it? Boy, that's deep. Just read the word and believe that what God did was for you and it belongs to you, and you just walk in that, praise God, hallelujah. And you claim it, because whatever you claim to be, you will end up to be. See, so what do we want to do? We want to we claim to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. If he says, I've got an anointing, then bless God, I got one. I don't care how many goosebumps I got or don't have. If he says, I'm free, then I'm free. If he says, I'm prosperous, then bless God, I am prosperous. Hallelujah. If he says, I'm a good guy, then bless God, I'm a good guy. Hallelujah. And the more I convince myself to be that, I will be that automatically by, because that's the nature that's actually on the inside of me right now. See, most Christians are miserable because they're fighting their own nature. What's in me? Love, joy, peace, patience. What are you? Miserable, worried, fearful, down and out. Well, why don't you agree with the nature in you and allow the nature in you to come out of you and manifest in your life so that you can live like a born-again kingdom person and walk in the victory that belongs to you? Are you following me? So all these other identities he, he had to get rid of in my life, and there were plenty of them, praise God. There were ones all over the place, and some of the idols that I had, I, I want to be like them, I want to be like them, I want to be like them. And then most of the people you want to be like are end up committing suicide two years later because they overdosed. Come on, we just look at success on a different thing. Success is not what you possess, success is who you are. Well, I've got 18 houses and 14 cars, big deal. Who are you? Well, I'm a sinner going to hell. Well, you can't take them with you, praise God, so you're in trouble. See, it's who you are and who God has made you, basically, that makes the difference. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 17. If you've been to this church for a while, it should be underlined, uh, have 14 stars by it. It should be orange, green, purple. should have four dots by it. should have everything circled. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things now have become new, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now look what it says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is. Say he is. Say he is. Say he is. See, now I, when I read that, it, I thought it said that any man who be in Christ will be sooner or later become a new creation. So I spent all my time trying to get better, trying to be nicer, uh, trying to be more holy so that I would become a new creation because my mind could not grasp the fact that when I got born again, the miracle took place. And at that time, I instantly became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And then what really excited me was the next verse, seven, six, where am I? 18, and all things are of God 
Well, if I've been recreated and all things are of God, then it's going to be hard for me to claim to be weak, claim to be fearful, claim to be sick, claim to be down and out, claim to be powerless, claim that nothing ever works out for me, claim that nobody lives me, claim, oh, see, I can't do all these things. And, the, and another good part there in 17, is, behold, all things have become new and old things have passed away. Say, passed away. So I came to the conclusion one day that I just said, well, according to this scripture, the cusser died, he's gone. The alcoholic died, he's gone. The insecure man died, he's gone. The angry man died, he's gone. God forgave me all them sins, praise God. That's who I am. There was a miracle in my life, and that's who I'm going to be. So the alcoholic's dead, praise God. So when I went to a bar and had a chance to drink, I said, I'd like to drink that, but the alcoholic already died, and he's not here to drink it, so I'm not going to be drinking it. See, the cusser died. I don't have to cuss anymore. A lot of the things we do is just to fit in to society anyway. Some of the crazy things people do, I'll tell you, it's just to fit in with a group or something. But yeah, many people cuss. They have no idea they're even doing it anymore because they cuss so often it just flows like a mighty river out of the inside of them. When you're born again, you don't have to cuss. I mean, people drive in and shoot a layup and miss it and say, blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, say, praise the Lord. You'll make it next time. <laughs> Why curse yourself for missing a layup? You're just going to miss it again. I said, said, praise the Lord there. Praise the Lord there. Praise God. Somebody walks in with that style. How many know that wearing your pants down to a certain thing has turned into a group? It's another identity. Come on now. All my friends are doing it, and a lot of hip people are doing it, and a lot of good rappers are doing everything, so I'm going to belong to that group and do that. Praise God. So I simply don't say anything. I just offer to buy them a belt. (laughs) And it's a nice way of saying, pull your pants up without being mean about it. And they usually pull their pants up and never do respond to the belt question, which is fine with me. Come on, do you see? You can see how people gravitate towards different things, and there's no purpose to it whatsoever. They're just doing it because everybody else did, and they want to basically to, you know, fit in or whatever. So I found out that Jesus told me that I'm not a worried man anymore. So I started saying every morning, good morning, Lord, my days of worry are over forever. Over for My fearful days are over forever. Why? Because that's not me. The fearful man died. The worried man died. They passed away. Say passed away. Another, another translation says they're out of date. Your old man's out of date. So I say my old man. He is out of date. Come on now. How many of you drink milk that's out of date? Come on. We're out of date closing. Have an out of date hairstyle. None of you with, but we got Christians all day long born again walking around with their old out of date man on them all the time. It ain't working for me. God don't do anything for me. He hates me. I thought he loved me, but he don't love me. And I don't know what's the matter. And I'm never on top. And I always lose. And nothing ever works out for me. What are they doing? They're wearing the wrong clothes. That stuff has passed away, praise God. And then you run into Christians that say, well, God will never use me because what I did before I got saved. Hey, in the depths of the sea, your sins have been putting. As far as the east is from the west, quit looking for your sins when God can't even find them anymore. It don't matter what you did before. It matters what you do now, praise God. As you grow into your identity and find out who you really are and a boldness comes into your heart. People want boldness that comes from your identity. See? When you've when you got the right identity, nothing will scare you. Jesus walked up to lepers, didn't think anything of it. Everybody else ran from him. He went right to him. praise God. Why is that? He knew who he was, praise God, hallelujah. And he didn't care who others told him he was. He knew who he was from his father, praise God. So you're not the old sinner. You're not the old alcoholic. You're not the old druggie. You're not the old whatever you did before. All those things are passed away. And you need to enforce those things in your life, praise God, and keep them out of your life and stop claiming them. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 2. 
All right, Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 1. This is good stuff here. And you, say me, me. has he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Well, that tells me I'm alive now. I'm no longer dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, in the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Sound familiar? among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. We were in the lusts of our flesh. We fulfilled the desires of our flesh and of our mind, and we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now that pretty much explains it, doesn't it? That is the first 30 years of my life in a nutshell right there. I think it covered everything I could possibly do wrong. But then it says, but God, say but God. God. Notice, who is rich in mercy for his great love of which he loved us, even when we were, say were, Notice, past tense, dead in sins, has made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places and in Him. So, I were part of the world. I were led by my flesh. I were led by my worldly desires. I were following the wrong identities. I were doing this. But that was were, and now is now. So what am I doing now? I'm following who I am in here. I'm following the new nature that he put on the inside of me. I'm following love, joy, peace, righteousness, and all these things that are in my life. I'm following the power of God. And this is where your authority comes in. You know, we like authority to command and demand and do all this stuff. you got authority to use in your own life. See, when that bottle of beer was shoved down to me and paid for, I had to say, nope. Had to use my authority, say, nope. But we paid for it. You got to drink it now. Nope. It's your favorite brand. Nope. It's ice cold. Ooh. No. Almost had me there. My authority was running out. What was it? The temptation would come. But I've got authority over any temptation. The Bible says, let not sin reign in your it don't say oh god please take sin away please. no god ain't gonna do it he already gave you the authority and the power to do it in your own life and as soon as you find out your identity you're not going to walk in that stuff and get in that stuff anymore notice all these things were in times past say in times past all right look at verse 10 for someday we will be as workmanship after 45 years at tcvc we will be as workmanship created in christ jesus no for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So here's God. He, he puts you in your mother's womb and got you born with His plan and this purpose and He knows what you're supposed to do, all these good works these God works out here. But now He needs you to slowly get the identity of who you are so you can walk out your purpose and fulfill His plan in your life. And your success is actually His success. Because if you fail, basically in that area, He failed. Are you following me? So it says, you are already, say, I am already. Already am his workmanship. And then it goes on, look at verse 11. Wherefore, remember that being in times past Gentiles of the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, you were strangers from the covenants of promise, you had no hope, and without God in the world. Now, you can remember back those days, and those days are gone, but there's a lot of people still in that verse. A lot of people you work with, a lot of your relation, a lot of your friends are still in that verse right now. They've got no covenant of promise. They've got no hope. They're without God, and they're in this world. I mean, you know, it's hard enough sometimes having God and being in this world, but not not having anything with God and trying to be in this world. So that's a good, uh, good, good... Scripture there for everybody, praise God. So notice, once again, it's talking about times past. Say times past. Now look at verse 13. But what? 
But, but what? But now. So that took me from where I was into a but now. In Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off have now been made nigh by what? By your works. By you doing better. By you struggling. By you striving. By you going to church. No, by the blood. Say by the blood. So here it shows you how you got close to him. Look at verse 19. Now, when? Now. now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners. Apparently, you were at one time, but you're now fellow citizens with the saints, and you are of the household of God. Verse 22, in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God. How? <laughs> Through the Spirit. So this changes everything in my life. Now the Spirit of God's not only with me, He's in me. I'm a habitation of God. Where's the Holy Ghost? Right here, praise God. He's on the inside of me. He lives on the inside of me. Now I'm going to have to renew my mind, ain't I, to that. And I'll tell you what, if you really believe the Holy Ghost was on the inside of you, many Christians wouldn't be doing what they're doing in the dark because the Holy Ghost is still in there whether you're in the dark or in the light. Either way, it doesn't mean. But they're hoping He's up there in heaven. Preoccupied with your life. See, I don't have to worry. They're messing up over there. God's probably looking over there so I can do whatever I want to do and get it. No, no. And it's not that you don't want to do things that are wrong. It's that your heart's been changed and you shouldn't want to do things that are wrong. I don't keep the laws of God because I'm afraid God's going to smash me. I keep the laws of God because I love God and know that's the best way to operate. Do you see? When God gives you something to do in your life and tries to change you, he's not giving you a demand. He's giving you an offer. See, people, they, they hear tithing, and they sit there like this when you're preaching on tithing. <sighs> Eight minutes he talked on tithing today. That's just ridiculous. My God. And why is that? Because they see it as a demand, not an offer. God's saying, hey, you want to prosper? I'll tell you what you do. You just give 10% into the church, and praise God, I'm going to open the windows of heaven. And if you don't want to, it's fine. God says it's cool. If you don't want to do that, it's not no mortal sin or venial sin or anything. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But when you're broke, don't come to me. Don't blame me why you're not prospering when you simply didn't take the offer that I gave you. See, forgiveness isn't a demand. Well, God demanded me forgave. No, it's an offer. He's given you an offer. You can forgive anybody that you want to forgive and get free just like that. It's a free offer, the free offer that he gave you. But everybody looks at it as a demand. Well, you know what they did. I, hey. Well, that ain't going to help you. See, he's trying to help you. You don't understand. Everybody think God's against you, making all kinds of laws. Those laws are to save your life, praise God. How many of you know that? That's what they're there for. So as I obey them and stuff, I come out of my bondage. I come out the way that I was thinking, and I start walking in the light of God's truth. And every time I get a new truth, basically it delivers me from something else that I was locked into as my identity. Go to Colossians chapter 1. All right, Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 13. Who hath, say hath is past tense, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we now have redemption, been set free through his blood, even the forgiveness of what? Sins. 
So he says, when you got born again, you were translated out of one government into another government. You were in a natural government before. Now you're in the kingdom of God, which is a basically a spiritual government. And in that government, rules and laws are different than the government you came out of, which was here on the earth. They're completely different. So you've got to associate with the laws of the kingdom of God rather than the laws all the time of this earth and what this earth says. So he delivered you out of those bondages. So many things, when you get in the kingdom of God that you were doing or attached to before, do not apply to you anymore. Why? You've changed locations. You're now seated in heavenly places, far above all principality power. You're now full of the Holy Ghost. You're now a kingdom citizen with kingdom rights. And let me tell you, kingdom citizenship is better than U.S. citizenship. It's a lot better. But then again, U.S. citizenship is better than South American citizenship. If it wasn't, people wouldn't be fighting to get across the border to get in. Are you following me? See, if we, pre- if we present the kingdom of God as a glorious place to be and live with all its privileges, people would be trying to cross the border. See, but we present Christianity, oh, it's so hard, and we can barely get through, and God's so mean, and God teaches, and somebody said, no, I got enough of that right here. I ain't crossing your border. I'm, I'm staying in Mexico for now. That's fine. I ain't coming anywhere. <laughs> you see, but there's a translation, and as soon as we start understanding how joyous this life is that we've got, the privileges that we've got, the authority we've got, the things that he's given to us, that just came to us by becoming a citizen, not doing anything else. You were born into the kingdom, and all these things were given to you. Health is a given to you. Peace is a given to you. Joy is a given to you. Power is a given to you. Deliverance is a given to you. All these things. He has delivered us. Say, has delivered us. It reminds me so much when I I was in Ohio for 30 years, told my wife when we got married, we're out of here. If you don't want to go with me, you better not marry me because we're out of here. That 30 years is enough. Purgatory is enough 30 years in order to get out of there. Praise God. Said, I'm moving to Florida, and we moved down to Florida, and I moved down to Florida, got everything I wanted, wanted a three-bedroom, two-bath little house with a pool and a corner lot, got everything I wanted, moved in, there we were, and all, once all Ohio starts sending me all this stuff. You owe this much state tax. I put, does not apply to me. <laughs> Send it back. City tax does not apply to me. I live in the New Kingdom, Florida. <laughs> Send it back to them. See, that's what you got to do. Now there's a chance where somebody's making you mad and you want to get angry, and you just take your little anger sheet and say, does not apply to me. Send it out of there. Sickness comes knocking at your door. Oh, does not apply to me. I am in the kingdom. Send it back where it came from, praise God. Send it back to hell where all these things came from. Because you've got the ability to do that. They do not apply to you. I found out sooner that I'm the man who never gets sick. I'm the man who never gets down. I'm the man who doesn't worry about anything. Well, as a pastor, you must worry about anything. Oh, I don't worry about anything. Praise. That's pastors who are idolizing other pastors and identifying with other pastors who had nervous breakdowns. I don't have nervous breakdowns because I'm in the kingdom, praise God. And I'm going to be happy and joyous if I preach till I'm 240 years old. I'm still going to enjoy what I'm doing because that's who I am and that's what I'm going to be. I don't have to be like everybody else. Well, this is the pattern. Well, this breaks the pattern. See, and you people in your families are pattern breakers. See, your parents might not know that much, your aunts and uncles might, but now at once in comes the invasion of the kingdom of God. This one person, and they try to tell that person who he is. Praise God. You left the church, you're going to hell, brother. No, I'm not. I'm a kingdom person, and I'm living in heaven right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, they're going to try to put tags on you, put identities on you, come after you, but you are breaking something, see? Then all at once another one's going to get a clue and come in. Yeah. And then another one's going to come a clue. And they're going to come to say, you started this. And you're going to say, thank you, Jesus. That's right, I did. I started it. 
Why? Because things don't apply to me anymore. So you've got to convince yourself, I don't get sick anymore. Is it natural to get sick? Yeah, everybody. Everybody in a medicine cabinet with so much stuff in it that, I mean, you could open up a store probably. <laughs> but see, you won't have that if you don't ever believe you're going to need that. Get off quiet in here. See? Righteousness, that's who you are, praise God. You walk in righteousness, you live in righteousness. You don't do those things anymore, praise God. They don't apply to you anymore. You don't get offended anymore. That's in the, oh, that's in my, that's still up in Ohio and every place else, praise God. It's not here. Offense is not here. Unforgiveness is not here. See, guilt is not here. These things are not here anymore. Or you can choose because the devil's going to bring them, see. He's just like the, the, the state of Ohio. He's going to bring stuff at you, praise God. But you just got to say they do not apply to me anymore because they do not belong to me anymore. All right, one more. Romans chapter 5. Every single day you should, or at least every week, should be getting a little more free of something, the way you thought, the way you did in your life. It's not just an automatic miracle. We know that. Your mind is not changed. God, God can't click his fingers and change the way you think. That's up to you. You're the one that has to renew your mind. He does not do that. He's already got you born again on the inside, and you are perfect spiritually. You follow me? Nobody said, I could never be perfect. Well, then how can you go to being perfect if you already believe you're never going to be perfect? But if you are perfect, you can grow into perfection. Do you see what I mean? In the natural realm, because you've already been made that way. Okay, Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 8. But God showed his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his what? Life. So notice once again, it shows you two different things, doesn't it? It shows you where you were. But because he loved us, even when you were yet a sinner, you have been justified by the blood. Say by the blood. Now notice, you did not get justified by struggling. You did not get justified by striving. And I'm going to say this. You did not get justified by dying to yourself. Dying to yourself is basically dying to the old man. And if you're dying to the old man, the old man's still alive because he's not dead. So the whole church teaches dying to yourself. So what are you doing? You're trying to die a little bit more and trying to die a little bit more every day. No, you're dead, don't you see? You can't resist anything if you're dying to it. But if you're dead to it, you can resist the thing. So we teach you're dying to yourself, slowly dying. No, the Bible doesn't teach dying to yourself. It teaches dead. Your old man is dead. Your old man is gone. Now I have a right to resist anything that my old man did. And once again, I'm doing this by the blood. Say, by the blood. Now, how many know the blood has been shed? Jesus, don't have to come do it again just because you still think you're unrighteous. No, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're in line with God. You're powerful. You're anointed. You're all these things. The only person that don't understand it is you. God gets it. I'll tell you what, the devil gets it. That's why he's trying to put all these other identities on you, praise God. So I'm no longer an alcoholic. I'm no longer an angry man. I'm no longer. Well, just count to ten when you get angry and do your best to fight it off. And one, two, and while you're thinking about it, nine, ten. You're right. I don't want to hit him anymore. I'll kill him. 
because you had time to med on it for, meditate on it for 10 seconds. No, I don't get mad. I'm, and you start to get angry. And if you practice this and you confess this and you start to get this way, the Holy Ghost comes up on the inside. We don't do that anymore. That's not who we are. And you say, I love you. <laughs> You're just so good. You're just so, see? And how many know that ends that? The devil don't want no more than you come back and say, well, yeah, well, this is what I think of you. Well, let me tell you what I think of you. Now you're throwing identities at each other. Yeah. And the devil will do that enough in people's minds without other people helping. Come on, you sit in that quiet chair and just sit down and see what comes. You can't preach. You can't. Some of you are experiencing it by trying to get behind this pulpit and preach. The whole day before, you're getting off. You shouldn't be preaching. You can't preach. I don't know what you're preaching for. People are going to laugh and make fun. They're going to say you're the worst ever. Don't you ever do this again. Are you out of your mind? What are you, are you stupid or what? Are you? And they get here and they go. <laughs> See, you've got to recognize where those things are coming from. Right. If I didn't think you could preach the word and do it good, I wouldn't put you, have a little faith in me. Get a little, get a little faith in me. Now, I've done this more than a year now. I've been around a little bit, and you can see it in people. They've got stuff on the inside of it that needs to be shared. You just got to convince yourself that uh, you know you got stuff in you. And I'm not saying you got to start a church or be a preacher or whatever. I'm saying you've got enough stuff deposited on the inside of you that if you just step up and start to release it, it's going to flow. That's what the Bible like a river. Praise God. All at once, you'll be gone. You'll be gone. You'll be gone. You'll preach for an hour, look down, and find out that you had notes. Why is that? Because there's stuff being placed on the inside of you. See, whatever you put in you in the kingdom comes out of you in the kingdom. If you don't put nothing in, then you're going to be dry. That's why when people backslide and they get angry and they get offended and they show up sometime and you say, go ahead and pray. And they go, I can't even think of a prayer. can't even think of anything. Quote a scripture for us. And two weeks before that, they were, praise God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But when you start to slide back, see, your mind slides back with it. And it's even hard for you to do those spiritual things. So we don't do that. We're everyday kingdom people. You see, we're not Sunday, Wednesday night kingdom people. And that's all that we do. No, we're kingdom people tomorrow. We're kingdom people on Tuesday. We're kingdom people on Wednesday. We're kingdom people on Thursday. And we live as kingdom people the whole time. Are we fighting our own battles? Yes. Nobody even knows about them. Nobody knows about the battle. Nobody knows the trouble you've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus and you. Praise God. So there's a fight going on in your mind. But fight. Put up the fight. It's worth it. Take, get a hold of your identity. It'll bring you more peace and joy than you've ever had. Relationships will get better. Everything will get better. But you've got to come out of those old identities that you've got. What your parents told you, if it wasn't God, it's not true. Amen. What your friends told you, it's not true. What the TV commercial is trying to tell you every single day is not true. It's not you, praise God. Because you will act like whatever you believe you are. So I want to believe I'm like Jesus Christ himself so that I act like I'm Jesus Christ himself and basically walk in the kingdom in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. the kingdom